Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, we are back again with new content for Weekly Jump. It feels like it's been forever, um, like like we're the old woman at the end of Titanic. <laughs> yeah, life uh, life has been really busy and just goddamn awful lately, so glad to yeah, be back with I'm gonna- new content. I'm gonna throw my I'm gonna throw my very expensive diamond back into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been really rough lately, so it's fun to be talking about stupid shit again. Oh yeah, and uh, speaking of stupid shit, uh, let's go ahead and jump in with our screen time. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, mm-hmm. this this one is called "Don't Toy with Me, Miss Nagatoro." And uh, it was a suggestion from Mr. Davey um, on our Discord, and uh, I will I will tell you um, my initial reaction to it uh, when I saw the what it was going to be. Uh, just from looking at the the front cover of it, like you're looking at a DVD box when you used to wander around a blockbuster, which I know is an ancient sentence. Uh, but yeah, once upon is, a time, there is... were stores where you would go to get VHS movies and rent them for a time, kind of like Redbox, but a whole store, and they were called Blockbuster. Yeah, and I definitely would have looked at this and then put it back on the shelf. And the reason why is exactly the reason that I got from watching the show which was that it is going to be slice of life. And the thing that additionally rubbed me in a weird way after watching it was uh, the, the like objectification stuff that was going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I definitely had a moment with that. Uh, I, I think, I think the thing that rubbed me the weirdest way about this was just that it, it really it really put this woman or this girl um that is in high school with this guy in like a weird awkward pedestal and mm-hmm. like why is she constantly like like red faced all the time and slightly having her mouth like dripping i don't i don't know what this is like, I think I, I do. Okay, um, so explain to me what's happening. Okay, so don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. Here's here's the premise. I, I watched the first three episodes. I wanted to stop after two, but I forced myself through with the third one. Uh, uh, Nagatoro is a... So it picks up with our, our male protagonist, who is actually the focus of the series, uh, who's called Naoto. And Naoto is a, I don't know, sophomore equivalent. I don't think Japan has the exact same grades that we do, but uh, he is a young high schooler. Actually, I actually got the impression that he might be more like a freshman age, so like a 14 or 15, and she would be a year younger than him, but maybe, maybe I'm reading that wrong. So uh, 
he's he's pretty young but very much in his adolescence he is uh seems to be an aspiring mangaka so he draws manga in his free time he goes to the library one day and is trying to sort of privately draw manga but uh unusually there is a group of loud gossipy girls there and he is super uncomfortable with this for various reasons um, he he's just sort of a generally socially anxious person but also as a sort of pubescent boy he's awkward and uncomfortable around girls uh, and as we talked about many times in the show we've done a lot of these shows that are about high school romance and particularly in japanese anime high school boys like basically cannot abide even being near a girl uh much less having any interactions with them uh it's absurd and sexist and, and frustrating but uh he's definitely got this in maybe more realistic way i would say i, th- I found the protagonist to be pretty relatable actually in certain aspects um or, or maybe pretty grounded is more of a word um so anyway the loud gossipy girls through a series of very slight accidents discover that he is an aspiring mangaka tear him to shreds emotionally over how goofy they think that is and then one of them takes a like wild interest in him so all the other girls leave one of the girls stays behind her name is nagatoro she has instantly become like deeply obsessed with him and she manifests this obsession in a series of uh sexual harassment experiences in which she (laughs) violates him over and over and over again any time that she's not sexually harassing him she's outright bullying him and then occasionally she realizes that she's gone too far and feels bad about it and yeah uh here so here are the things that i think work (laughs) i think the art style is lovely um particularly the backgrounds this has that sort of like photorealistic approach to backgrounds and nature and stuff like that but does interesting line work and color work to make it more artistic so it looks realistic without uh while still retaining a sort of like this is this is drawn this is anime aesthetic I've seen it in a lot of shows. It's actually a pretty popular aesthetic in the modern era. I think it shows up in a slightly different colored way, but a pretty similar line work in something like My Hero Academia. Um, I would also like to bring up My Hero Academia because uh, as a show that I deeply love, um, My Hero Academia also includes weird sex stuff that you kind of find in all Japanese media. And some of it is... Uh, some of it is cultural differences which doesn't necessarily excuse but does explain and some of it is taste uh, as as we've alluded to in this episode spencer and i are not much for this kind of story and so it's not going to appeal to us and so the negative aspects of these things are going to to stick out more and you know i i am a big fan of like trashy cw teen soap operas <laughs> like like uh vampire diaries teen wolf which i know isn't on the cw but it is kind of the same brand of things so like i, it is, I understand um, it's basically the cw <laughs> yeah and, and you know teen wolf is actually a good example it it has been lambasted throughout the years as being uh 
what's called queer bait or gay bait, where they get hot dudes shirtless and in vaguely compromising situations and then push up the sexual innuendo. And I find that to be hilarious and charming and the guys are attractive and I enjoy it. And so, you know, I we rail on fan service here, but I there is fan service that works for me. Teen Wolf is a good example. The fan service in Japanese anime generally doesn't work for me because it is aimed at deeply over-sexualizing very young underage girls. And that is super uncomfortable and very not okay. But I understand that there's an element of fantasy here. And so I don't want to go so far as to say, like, this is super wrong on all levels. But I, I think if you like this kind of thing, you need to understand the ways that it's fraught and the ways that it's problematic and to acknowledge those things alongside your liking of them. And so what this series traffics in is really... It's something called an ecchi, E-C-C-H-I, which is an anime or manga that has sexual overtones. Undertones being obviously sort of subtle, subtle things, overtones being very much unsubtle. So this series as an ecchi, it seems to be part of sort of the part of the deal or part of the draw of of the ecchi series is that a character will be sort of sexually explicit and sexually teasing to another character. And that is a super big turnoff to me and made me feel deeply, deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And, um, and even without the sexual stuff, which I felt was pretty egregious. And I I just kept having that thought where I was like, if it, if it were a guy doing this to a girl, no one would be okay with this. And there would be like people with torches and pitchforks in the streets. And so that was a big problem that I had with this was just the sexual power dynamics were really fucked up. And and from what I know of Japanese society, which I don't know, maybe it's changing in a, in a more modern globalized era, but my understanding is that uh, Japanese people, uh, I would say Americans are pretty prudish about sex, but uh, Japanese people seem even more like really uncomfortable with even the suggestion topic or um, or sort of like, getting close to the topic of sex and sexuality seems to make Japanese people uncomfortable. And this is based off of me having a lifetime of manga and anime consumption. So obviously it's tilted by a fictionalized version of that. But like, I remember reading one of those manga where a, uh, a couple was newlywed and felt uncomfortable holding hands in public because they thought it would be lewd. So that is, that's sort of a level of, of sort of sexual discomfort and repression that is really high even compared to the sort of puritanical American standards. And so um, this girl, Nagatoro, has a a sort of like sadistic propensity to needle at this boy about kind of his burgeoning sexuality. And what I believe is a correct read that he has something of a crush on her. Although, I I don't know, it seems to be less on her and more on the idea of girls and sex in general. Um, She 
also seems to have a crush on him. And I think that there's something to be said for the realism of young people manifesting a crush through bullying or through otherwise negative behavior. I think that's really common, especially with young kids that are haven't really hit like a sexual stage in their lives, but they're starting to sort of like toy with the idea of crushes. A lot of the times um, kids will, will sort of start treating other kids with like hair pulling and messing with them, poking them and all kinds of sort of like little aggressions because they have this interest in them and they feel weird about it and they don't know how to express those feelings. And so it comes out as like bullying so I think there's some true to lifeness here, and I think that the etchy genre is something that, uh, if it's anything like this, and my understanding, I've heard of this series before we covered it, and my understanding is that it is it has been very well received. So I believe that this is an etchy series that has been held in high regard in the etchy genre, and if that's the case, I don't think Spencer or I are ever going to take to this genre with anything akin <laughs> to a positive review. Yeah, I think I think that it it really it really falls down as a genre of anime that is it is just missed by us. It's one of those it's one of those that is it, it doesn't it doesn't hit us correctly um or I, I don't I wouldn't say correctly, but it doesn't it doesn't hit our fandom. Um yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't really check any boxes for us. And I want to say the Teen Wolf thing I think is a good example. Um, I brought up My Hero Academia too. I never stuck that landing where Deku has the same kind of uncomfortableness around Ochako where he's like, I am a teenage boy and being around girls kind of freaks me out. And so there are moments when he talks to her, even though they're friends and comrades and speak to each other routinely and get along quite well and have like a real relationship. He sometimes has moments where he is struck with nerves at the reality that she is a girl and he is a boy and they are teenagers and this is kind of weird and uncomfortable to him and i find that to be a little annoying but also a little a little realistic when you have that sort of like pubescent burgeoning sexuality it can be really uncomfortable to talk to somebody like that even if they are actually your friend i think my hero academia does uh obviously the story is very deeply not about that so it doesn't come up that much and they also do a lot of work to show those characters as real people. Ochako is a fully rounded person on her own. And their moments of sort of sexual nervousness around each other are spice flavoring added onto their relationship. Whereas this show, the whole relationship is sexual nervousness around each other. And Nagatoro manifests that by being a horrible bully and borderline rapist and now Naoto manifests that by being literally like he's literally driven to tears multiple times in the first few episodes i wasn't bullied in school and i was fucking triggered by the bullying in this show it was super <laughs> uncomfortable to watch yeah um, it definitely it definitely it, it, it was one of those things as uh someone who was bullied in school it was just like this is a lot like it is, yeah. it is, it is frustrating. It, it's, it is, it is relentless bullying. And, and it, again, it, it clearly comes from not Nagatoro has a thing for him. And it, it, that's why her, her cheeks are red all the time because she's embarrassed. And because she is 
she is manifesting this personality of a bully who's not actually into this and is only into the like she's only saying this because she wants to mess with him and not because she really wants him to go through with it and the blush on her face belies that she actually really does want him to go through with it but she doesn't she can't bring herself to say that and so this sort of bullying walking up to that line under the ruse of not being serious is her way around it and her way to express those feelings. And that I think is true to life, but also her behavior is so not okay that it was really uh, like, honestly, I felt sick to my stomach watching this. Um, and I just want to, I just want to circle back and say like, I think Teen Wolf as an example is a good one because a lot of people have gotten really mad at Teen Wolf because of the gay baiting in it because there are gay characters but most of the characters who are involved in the the queer baiting scenes are not later shown to be gay and one of the challenges there is that you're you're sort of you're a, a lot of people take that as a manipulation of the gay community or sort of toying with minority representation without actually going through with it. So you get you get to have your cake and eat it too by sort of throwing a bone to the gay community and becoming this uh you know show that the gay gay men embrace because your show is kind of like titillating them with fan service and um winking at them with these these lines indicating that characters are you know saying these double entendres and and or sort of looking at each other longingly but for reasons other than sexual desire uh but you never actually embrace like a real gay character and again there are gay characters on teen wolf but but it has been lambasted by that uh or by people for that uh as being a sort of manipulation of representation and I enjoy it anyway. I'm not one of those people who is like, ah, I need them to like seal the deal. Like I, I, I'm okay with being sort of toyed with. I think it's fun. And so I think that in the myriad ways where I found this to be deeply problematic, I think if I apply it to my own personal experience in this other realm, I can understand why some people might enjoy it. And I, I want to stress again that if you understand that this kind of behavior is not acceptable in real life, that this is a pretend show and that these are characters that are made up. And so the consequences that would happen in real life from this behavior aren't real. That I think you're allowed to enjoy this kind of thing if it's your cup of tea. Uh, but you you need to understand the, the problematicness of it and why. Uh, otherwise, you may be tricked into believing that this is an acceptable way to treat people around you, and it's not. Um, so with that, I think if it's your kind of thing, you'll probably enjoy it. Uh, it is very much not my kind of thing, and I do not recommend. Yeah, I also do not recommend it, but... Uh... But uh, with all that being said, uh, let's let's go ahead and step away from this one uh, before we jump into the the far far more exciting page flips for the week for me. Um, uh, I will say again, we are still doing our giveaway of the memories DVD. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, you just need to shoot me over a message that says I remember. Um, just as a heads up, we have gotten like no responses to this so far, which is kind of a bummer. 
Um, but uh, it is a cool DVD. Um, so if you want it, uh, and you still have any way to play a DVD inside of your household, um, you can you can be a part of this. Anyways, uh, let's get into our um, page flips, which I was certain we had already covered, um, but I'm pretty sure you that did. we covered in that in that I read it and explained it to you. Yeah. Um, but we so, both read it now, and we yeah. are going to go over um, our page flips, which is Burn the Witch. And uh, how much did you like Dragon Pokemon Witchcraft School for Mages fun time? I liked it. I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's off to a slower start than I'd like, mm-hmm. but I do want more. Uh, yeah. So I I I think that the it, it it really dumps you right in the middle of it, and yeah, I think it, that's a, a fun storytelling trip. But I felt a little lost throughout the the first parts of the story, and mm-hmm. so uh, that that uh, brunted my enjoyment a bit, um, while not preventing me from very much enjoying myself the whole time. So I, I think I was a little confused. Um, and, and I think that that will go away. <laughs> and I think that otherwise the story is really cool and really fun. And also I mean, how Kudo's fun are their power is great. Uh, and his character design is so good and his creature design is so good. And it's just a delight to read. And because it's a, so like a how fun series, did you find their like power so sets inside the of the show quality is very high and I love all of that. And there's a dog. So all of yeah. this is good. <laughs> Blake, Blake, how much uh-huh. did you enjoy the magic system inside of the world? Because I love it. I uh I felt like it was so this so if you don't know Burn the Witch is also officially in the Bleach universe which yeah. uh you might blink and miss it but there's a a shot at the end of the one shot chapter that shows that it is the western branch of the Soul Society which is the you know hollow fighting organization from from Bleach and so uh this lives in that universe and that is great and the magic system reminds me of Hakudo from Bleach, mm-hmm. which I yep. feel like is always an intriguing thing that is very much not the focus of what they're doing in Bleach. And so often shows up as a sort of like side power that characters use and often shows up as a relatively ineffective power. This seems to be focusing on a Hakudo adjacent system that will be front and center to the series. And as such, I'm pretty interested to see them dive more into that because. Yeah, it's a really cool. cool. It's, it's such a cool system. I also, I really enjoy the, the whole thing about them being like, Hey, by the way, all of these things in the world are dragons. (laughs) Yeah. Basically any Pokemon that you can't see if you're a normie is a dragon. And some of them oh, yeah. look well, like dragons, and some of them are just Pokemon. Some of them are just called dragons. <laughs> yeah, dragon is dragon is basically being used as a replacement for like myth- mythical creature or spiritual beast or something like that. Yeah, but I, I, 
I still I still hold with my original opinion of this that I I love it. I haven't finished it just because it's it's one of those things where um I have been informed uh that there is going to be more of it. Uh so yeah. I have decided that I'm going to sit um and wait. Um I also said that uh about Demon Slayer until I found out that it was completely over and then I was just like, "Well, fuck it then. I'm going to read all of it." Um and so uh it's it's one of those things uh i will say that i have watched the first two episodes of the anime um and it is great um the animation quality is fantastic um and i i really 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 enjoy um this um i am also just like a a complete uh pushover for bleach um yeah so give me give me basically anything bleach adjacent and you're gonna get me to like it um, even even the far worse zombie powder, I'm still finding a way to enjoy. Um, you, Trigun Light is what I would like to call zombie powder. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for it. <laughs> okay, I I would say I'm pretty much in a similar space with you. So burn burn the witch, like I alluded to, it's being released in seasons, which is not something I've ever seen before, and I. I don't. It, it seems unlikely that this is the first series to ever do this as a manga, but it it's not something I've seen before, so I don't know. Uh, definitely, usually the regular manga release schedule is you do one chapter a week. Some authors take breaks periodically. Some authors are infamous for the breaks they take, like the dude who does uh, Hunter x Hunter. Um, Tite Kubo has been pretty open about the challenges that he had as a weekly manga creator when he was working on Bleach. And uh, just in case you don't know, Bleach was what's called one of what's called the big three. It, alongside Naruto and One Piece, were the kings of the shonen anime world for many years. And Bleach was wildly popular and extremely successful. And... Tite Kubo has spoken about the the challenges that that he's experienced getting out chapters every week and how he feels like his work suffered for that. Uh, And I know that there are a lot of people who feel that at the end of Bleach, uh, it all kind of came crashing down and and he was really struggling to to stick the landing and work with the editors and stuff like that. And uh, I don't think Spencer would agree with me on that, but that's the take I've heard. And I have not actually read the end of Bleach, so I don't know how I feel about it personally. But that's that's something that I've heard, that it was a a real challenge for him and that uh, perhaps the series ended prematurely because of that. I I will say this. As as somebody who has read the end of Bleach, um, there was a very long and arduous hiatus period where there was stuff going on stuff coming off and it got pushed back and the timing of it a lot um and so uh, a lot of people had to wait a long time in order to get to the very end of bleach and that is what blake is referring to okay um there there was a large period where the anime and the manga were being released simultaneously and that schedule kubo was not able to keep up with nor did he enjoy it um, yeah. because he was being pushed very hard in order to end the series or continue on the series in a specific way. Um, he did not uh, agree with the way that he was being pushed around. 
Um, there is a, a very, very in-depth breakdown of this that's done by Super Eyepatch Wolf. Um, if you're interested in hearing more about it, you should definitely um, watch that video about it. Yeah, um, he's I think actually it's like released... The, He's released an update video to it as well, so it's important to note that. I think both are still available, but the update video refutes some of the claims from the original one. Mm, yes. Also has so one of my it, favorite Super Eyepatch jokes in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's one of those it's one of those that um it, it, it really shows you that there is a disconnect between the the production schedule the people that are trying to use it as a marketing slash money-making excursion and the artist. And they do not always mesh. um, And sometimes the art is big enough that it can push through. Sometimes uh, the art is um, big enough that all of the fan base will be like, I'm willing to wait in order for it to be better. And uh, that is what we got with the manga and the end of the manga. Um, the, the last arc of Bleach is arguably the best arc of Bleach. It has not been animated yet. It is supposed to be this last arc of Bleach that we are going to get, um, starting this year. Um, but if you don't know, Bleach has been done as a manga for years now, and they're just now releasing the actual end of Bleach instead of the, the anime, the way that it was ended in the anime is is not the way that the the manga ends um and so it is it is one of those things where it's just like it had been left sort of open-ended but there was a a much more interesting arc that is going to come up um if you want to hear us more in-depth breakdown bleach instead of just talking about what we're actually talking about which is part of the witch um but you want to hear us like talk about this a lot more Join our Patreon, because we cover yeah. Bleach right now, and we talk about it all the time, um, and we'll continue to talk about it, uh, about all the weird, crazy stuff that's happening. But yeah. right now, the, the new season is still slated for winter of 2021, and I cannot wait. And the the reason I bring up the challenges that he had with Bleach is that through it all, Bleach was a mega hit. And people may have differing opinions on how good it was, or how sustained the quality was uh, through the end. Uh, But I think one thing that Bleach did that caught people's attention early on was that it had this super cool style. Tite Kubo is great at designing creatures and designing characters that just grab your attention and ooze personality and ooze cool. And that, that style really feels special to him and his work. And so when Burn the Witch came along, I was like, it it feels almost like the return of a champion. And you're, you know, at long last, you get to see this master work again. But what's so interesting is that with the seasonal release schedule, which this is a Burn the Witch is a one shot chapter and then four extra long chapters. And that's it. And that's season one, and a second season of the manga has been announced. And who's to say how long it'll go? But it seems like instead of doing the extended weekly production schedule, he is going to do tight storylines that are released in small chunks periodically. And I think for someone like Tite Kubo, who has you know earned this by creating 
and sustaining one of the biggest manga and anime series, um, it makes sense. It's a way for him to return to the world of shonen anime and shonen manga while making the rules different so that he doesn't find the same pitfalls as last time. And so to me, Burn the Witch is the at its most exciting as just the concept of this creator who made something that mattered so much to me and that, that was so formative to me in my anime consumption and, and becoming somebody who truly saw themselves as an anime fan. Now he's back. And that is the most exciting part of the series. And then the fact that the series is good makes it all the much better. And the fact that the series is literally tied directly to Bleach. And so there's the possibility of illusions or maybe even character cameos or crossover that makes me as a fan of Bleach super, super excited to see where this goes. And I would say that I... I don't know that I like it as much as something like My Hero Academia, which is probably my number one these days. But I do think it's very much worth checking out. If you are shonen trash like us, you're probably going to really enjoy it. If you had a good time with Bleach, I would say it's a must read. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I would mark it down as a must read. As as somebody who would say this uh, as as... I, I'm I'm not as big as a, a Harry Potter fan as a lot of people are, um, but I do enjoy Harry Potter. Um, and one of the things that I have learned about the Harry Potter fandom universe is that if anything comes out that is Harry Potter related, um, they lose their minds and they want to be connected with it, even if it is a a play, even if it's um a a series of movies that is just okay um it is it is one yeah it it is one of those things where it's just like it's going to uh bring in that fan base and they're going to take it in and just want it to be the thing that was originally created onto it i am one of those fan bases for bleach give me anything that is bleach related and i am interested I tried to read the books, even though they are just so bad. Um, but uh, I still, I still tried to fight my way through. Um, but I will say that this is it, anything that is basically touched by the original creator. I will say is is a must read or a must watch, even if, as again I said, some of his earlier stuff is very derivative of other better anime or better manga um or it's just trying to set up for what is going to come um i think that this you know as this is one of my favorite creators you should definitely you know get onto it with all that being said uh stick with us after these credits and we will talk about another important life lesson Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. 
Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Oh my god. There's hornets here too, Blake. It's not oh just god. the last Friday's episode. Hornets! Hornets no. over here too, Blake! Ah! <laughs> the bees! Not the bees! <laughs>